1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Halfway through the show, it's no longer Gwen and Chris. It's just Gwen and Matt Scravey. Chris calling the women's Aztec game out in Boise. Boise? Starts in about an hour and a half. We are just cruising through this Monday. I got to, you know. Scraby's been pretty good. I, I thought it would be worse, but he, he's been so good, pretty good so far. But I don't know if this next piece of information is, is going to make you feel all that great. What do you uh, got? Uh, could it be Kyle Shan- Shanahan is uh, being a little greedy? And I say that because he's got Trey Lance, mm-hmm. top 10 pick.
3: Mm-hmm. He's number got, three
2: overall pick, I Number believe. three. I couldn't remember what number was. That's why it was I went with top three. 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who has taken him to a Super Bowl.
3: He's gone. He gone. You got
2: Birdie, Purdy, excuse me, Brock <laughs> Prot- Purdy, who now has a torn UCL. Ugh. Um, And now, according to The Athletic, the rumor is, one of the the rumors at least, Tom Brady, could be coming back home to your San Francisco mm. 49ers. In that scenario, they would trade Trey Lance. No, I'm out. They would trade Trey Lance. Brock Purdy would then sit behind the great Tom Brady, and yeah, that would be at least your one and two for twenty twenty. The beginning of twenty twenty.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm done. Once you said Trey Lance, I'm I'm not into it. And so you're you're this is still Trey Lance's team for you. I I want to see what I mean. They've hyped him for like three years now. I want to see what he could do. Tom Brady is is Tom Brady. Uh, but he didn't do anything for me this year. He didn't show me he Well, he that didn't he do was, anything
2: for you because he didn't play for your
3: team. He well, he didn't for, play for... Well, I, mean, Tampa he, Bay. I mean, he looked like he was a lot worse than he had been other years. And I don't want to blow up the team for one year of Tom well, you're, Brady. You're not
2: blowing it up. You're only trading... Trade, trading and somebody, and, then, and, Birdie, probably, and then
3: Birdie comes in after that. You're probably getting a bunch of picks for him. Well, I I also don't think they trade for they trade Trey Lance anymore because Brock Purdy is going to be out six months, meaning ah. that he's not going to be back till August. Yes, they almost made
2: that. They tried to make that mistake last off season they by moving Garoppolo, and
3: it, Jimmy G came back
2: and and yesterday they God they had him.
3: He said he wished he had a helmet so he could play, but I you know I saw a lot of Jimmy G laughing on the sidelines <sighs> yesterday. Did that
2: upset you at the time?
3: At the time, yeah. Now I don't care. I mean, now I mean, it even though there matter. was nothing he could do about it, you wanted him to. Well, be- him and Trey Lance were both laughing together. Like, huh? Oh, guess we're not. We can't be blamed for A- this one. As soon as I saw
2: that, I immediately <laughs> thought of you. I was like, oh man, Scrimpy's probably not taking that particular picture very well. It,
3: it, it didn't go. It didn't go well for me. But at the same time, they could be laughing at. Man, this is like embarrassing. Let's just. Laugh about this, it. This, yeah, it's this better than crying at <laughs> yes, this point. Exactly. All right. Uh, no, Tom Brady.
2: No. We have a Gwen versus the fans coming your way. Let's get to it. <laughs>
0: If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the Human Almanac himself, mm, mm, mm.
1: now is your time. Listen to I me, mean,
0: this guy is dangerous.
1: Now is your opportunity to win a prize.
4: Well, I hope you know what Jen for Gwen versus the Fans starts now on 973 the Fan. <laughs>
3: that was kind of funny. Man. You know, they they I've been getting heat from a listener saying yeah. to get a new f- open, a Gwen versus the Fan open and I did. And so <laughs> He go.
1: just
3: put his own voice on there. Isn't that something? Yeah. Gwen. Well, I mean, I, I need to do heavy voice work on that, so.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Well, there's my uh, open for uh Gwen versus the fans. Absolutely. Why don't you uh you want to explain what the what's on the line
3: here? Yes, uh it is no longer Sebastian Maniscalco. We oh, have moved, moved on from to Maniscalco. The next prize, and I have to say that the person who won last month's prize, you don't need to call in, you don't need to do any of that. We are gonna contact you. Don't call us, but that we'll person, call you. I don't want to give I don't want out them, but that person was one of those I didn't call in to play and then they won. Is that right? And we then, had two of those like in the last 2 weeks. Yes, and it was It, it was one of the two. It, it, well, Yes, but don't contact us because last time I did this. Don't call us. We'll call you. I got about three voicemails on my phone with panic people saying, oh, did I miss out on my Vegas trip? No, no, it's good. But if you are sitting in your car right now and you're like, I've always wanted to play, but yeah, but whatever, just call in because then you can qualify and get the Vegas trip. And this month, it's going to be a two-night stay at Westgate Las Vegas, including a spa treatment at Serenity Spa and dinner at Edge Steakhouse. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations, home of legendary Vegas fun. So a two-night stay at Westgate Las Vegas. The rules. You have to make it through three questions. Each question is going to get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong... Then you move on to the next question, are you in? And I caught myself in the middle. Chris is not here. I did the Ron Burgundy thing. I
2: was just going to let you keep going with the Chris thing.
3: I mean, the Ron Burgundy thing is real. Uh, 100% real. And I've, I've read this every day for I've, like four years.
2: I fall victim to it myself, so I, I, know, uh, I know your plight. You okay.
3: Know? All right, let's get started, and we're going to go with our first contestant. I'm looking for someone I haven't seen yet. Let's go to Bob in San Diego. Bob, you are going to play. Have you ever played this game before? I
0: have.
3: Okay. That's all good. We're not calling for that. (laughs) Oh, you're not calling for that. I think he's joking. Oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here we go, Bob. Now that you said that, you're probably going to qualify, so let's get question number one. What team does Manny Machado play for in the World Baseball Classic?
4: The Dominican Republic.
3: Nice. Nice job. Here we go. Question number two. Wouldn't it be nice if he was on the American team? Yeah. That would be nice. (laughs) It would make him very good. All right, uh, Bob, here we go. Question number two. What tight ends holds the record for most receiving touchdowns in the playoffs?
0: What
3: Titan? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna. Ten. No, I'm gonna get that question because it changed after it yesterday. Never mind. Nope. Okay, it's okay. We're gonna do another question. I'm sorry. Off All to right. a great start. Yes. What active Chiefs wide receiver is the youngest non-quarterback to score a touchdown in the playoffs? What Marquez
4: acti-
3: Valdez Scantling. He's the youngest though. Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, you got a chief. Mm-hmm. Stay there though. Stay there. Do uh, you want me to repeat the question? Yeah, repeat the question. What active Chiefs wide receiver is the youngest non-quarterback to score a touchdown in the playoffs? Okay, so they didn't necessarily have to do it with the Chiefs. Yes, say? they're just on the Chiefs. That was my two-point hint. Okay, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Juju. He had to go to the playoffs pretty early, with Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was Juju. I'm sorry, Bob. Thanks for calling. Thanks for playing. Juju Smith-Schuster, 21 years old as a Steeler, scored a touchdown. Juju was uh, kind of non-existent. Well, it's because he got hurt. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's
2: how non-existent he was. They they lost Juju. Well, they lost, was it, Tony in the first quarter. They lost Juju, I think, in the second quarter. And that's why they only had, uh, what, Sky... Kelsey and uh MVS, M- M- really, as their only true threat.
3: Well, it makes it even more impressive mm-hmm. that the that the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl. So, let's go to our next contestant, Daniel. Daniel, are you ready to go? I'm ready, guys. All right, here we go. Let's Question do it, number Daniel. 1. Daniel, who won the Masters last year? Uh. <laughs> he said uh uh Chambo. To Chambo. He gave me a golfer, so I appreciate it. Tony, do you know who won the Masters last year?
2: I do. I actually uh, got a chance to play golf with this guy.
3: You're being Chris right now and I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> I believe it was Scotty Scheffler. Sorry Daniel. Yes, I forgot actually that he was your <laughs> you golfed in the pro am with. It was it was after golfing on the pro am with me that, that he, that would he later go on to oh, get yeah. a Masters. He would later go on to have like the best season See, of his yeah, career a, so far. I'm a good luck charm. I, I guess so, you, man. I mean, I guess so. Let's go to our next contestant. This one is Bob in Cardiff. What's, What's up, up Bob? What's up Bob? Bob, you there. Bob, can you turn off your radio, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Sorry, Bob. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Okay. Bob is on another show, I, I think. I, I that was like the inception <laughs> of phone calls right now. That, was that me or that, was, no, that was that's your voice. That was somebody said, Bob, thanks for calling. And that was not us. <laughs> or is that for us from the future, maybe? <laughs> I hope not. I'm not gonna go back to Bob. He scares me. He's in the future. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, are you there? Hey guys. Hey guys. Are you in the present? Yes, I'm in the present. Okay, thank you for playing along with my joke, Ryan. Here we go, question number one. What Eagles receiver is nicknamed Swole Batman? A.J. Brown.
2: A.J. Brown is correct. Swole Batman, Skinny Batman, and Fast Batman, I believe it is. Who's Fast Batman? The other wide receiver. I don't know his name. Uh, The first round pick they had a couple years ago. Last name starts with an R, I think. Rager? Jalen Rager? Rager.
3: Yes. Good for him. He got a nickname. (laughs) Here we go, Ryan. Question number two. In baseball, last season, last regular season, what hitter struck out the most times in all of baseball?
4: Uh, I'm going to say Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo
3: is an amazing guess. He didn't play enough, though, I don't think. Let's we'll see if Tony remembers. I believe it
2: was the dude I seen hit the longest baseball in Petco Park, Kyle Schwarber.
3: You were totally being Chris right now. He had about 200 I'm of sorry. them bad boys, I think. Sorry about that, Ryan. He had what? About 200 of them bad boys, I he, think. Wow, jeez. He had 200 exactly. Yeah. He had 200 exactly. So I can get
2: some pretty precise stuff in baseball.
3: Yeah, I think so. You just proved it to you me right yeah. there. No. All right. I follow
2: the game a little bit
3: let's go someone just called in we're going to David in San Diego I feel like David's never played before is that true David David are you there David All right, he's in the future again I don't know what's going on why we can't get out of the future let's go to Michael in Lemon Grove Michael are you there hey what's up guys I knew you would be there Michael here we go question number one What team has the most AFC championship wins in NFL history? Um, Patriots. Patriots. You can never go wrong with the Patriots. They've won, like, I believe 30 million times. Yeah. Too many. Too many times. Uh, All right. Let's get to question number two, Michael, for the trip to Las Vegas. Qualification. What Boston Red Sox great hit the most home runs in a season for all players forty and over? Mm-hmm. Age forty Big and Poppy. over. Big Poppy. You not Big Poppy? <laughs> okay, that's correct. He hit. Get ready for it. He hit thirty-eight home runs when he was forty-one or forty. Uh, yeah, I think that was his last year. That's a lot of home runs for a forty-year-old, for sure. All right, Michael, you are on the, the You're third. Slow to run
1: the doubles.
3: <laughs> That's <right. laughs> that is true. Um, you are on to the third question. Here we go. What former Rams running back holds the record for most rushing yards in a playoff game? Are you there, Michael? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to stick
2: with the hometown. We'll go. Uh, Marshall? Marshall? Buck? Marshall, Marshall, oh. Marshall. <laughs> Stay there. So, did I tell you that my dad was a big Rams fan growing up? I, no. I've never heard that, honestly. He was. Uh, they were uh, once in Los Angeles before leaving to St. Louis and coming back. I think it's Eric Dickerson. Oh, my gosh.
3: Beep. Sorry, Michael. You made it to the third question. All right. In the interest of time, we are going to the tiebreaker. Tony, give me a random player. Let's go with Dexter. No, no. A random player, oh. like athlete. You didn't clarify oh, that. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay, you're right. Uh, Random.
2: P- Cedric Sabalo. <laughs>
3: Cedric Sabalo. That's my favorite part of the tiebreaker, <laughs> is what you guys come up with. Um, let me get to the basketball reference page. And then you said we're going to have Dexter play. Is yeah, that let's correct? have Dexter on. All right. Let's have Dexter on. Dexter, you're on.
0: Great Scott! 88 miles per hour! <laughs> Thank you. He <laughs> is from, the, from the, future. the future.
3: He is from the future. future. I appreciate you, Dexter, selling into the character. Yeah. I really do. I really do. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Tony. This is how the uh, the overtime, the extra question works. I know how the extra Tiebreaker works. question. I'm going to tell everybody else. I'm okay. going well, like to me I'm gonna give you a number. You said Tony, like you were talking to me directly. I'm going to give you a number. You're going to have to guess the number. And then Dexter's going to say if the actual number is higher or lower than the guess that you made. Word. Word. So if we are going to go to... All right, here we go. For Cedric Sabalos, how many times did he block a shot in his career oh my lord block shots isn't that what he's known for <laughs> to say the oh, least oh i was thinking rasheed wallace
2: no Wallace <laughs> no. is not known for block shots
3: but i'll say i'll say uh 100 100 block shots dexter is the actual answer higher or lower I'm going to go just a scosh lower. Just a scosh lower. You should have went just a skosh higher. <phone rings> <laughs> Sorry. Dexter or um, Cedric Chabals, not Dexter, had 183 blocks in his career. Man. So you were off. Sorry, Dexter. On to our next question How contestant. many years did Cedric play? He played a long time. Uh, 9, 12, 30, 14. Huh. Oh, wow. We got lots of people on the lines. Okay, let's go to Mark and La Mesa. Mark, Hello, Mark, are you there? Yes. Okay, you're you're playing the tiebreaker. Here we go. Tony. Yes, sir. Let's do this one. How many games, regular season games, did he play in his career? I just told you the number of years, too.
2: Uh, Not good with math, so that doesn't really help me. Let's say uh, he played...
3: 550. 550 games. Uh, Mark, do you think the actual answer is higher or lower? Um which player are we talking about cuz I'm Oh, Cedric Sabalos. Is and... if you oh. think he's played a lot more games or if you think he's played more games than 550, let me know. If not, uh lower. Lower. Gonna end this game's never gonna end. <laughs> this
2: is what happens when it's Gwyn versus? I Chris. know
3: six hundred nine games. So you're pretty close, Tony. Yeah. You're pretty close. um All right, let's go to our next contestant, and then we're not gonna have a winner for today. If that happens, let's go. Come to on, contestant. Let's go to Josh. Josh, are you there? Yeah. What's up, guys? What's up, what's up Josh? Josh? Here we go. We're doing a tiebreaker, so all you need to do is guess whether or not Tony's answer or the actual answer is higher or lower than Tony's answer. And let me find a category. Tony, how many rebounds did he free have? Free <laughs> I was gonna say the free throws. Ones? How many total rebounds did he have in his regular season career? Uh
2: how many was it? Rebounds? we said.
3: Yeah.
2: Ooh, let's say uh
3: let's say uh eight hundred. Rebounds? Okay, 800. Give <laughs> me a number, man. Uh, thank you. I, you. You're right. You are. Josh, what is the answer? Is it higher or lower? Got to be higher, right? Got to be higher. You are correct, Josh. I think Tony saved you a little bit there. but I the, really uh, didn't know. I was just oh, throwing out a number. The actual number is 3,258 rebounds. That's why I, my jaw <laughs> dropped when you said 800, but... All right, Josh wins, Gwen versus the fans. We need to get to our traffic. When we get back, Tony is going to talk about that foul, non-foul in the Lakers game on over the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Okay, now. all right, we'll do that when we
0: get back on Gwen and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
2: Sure was. Started with my Lakers.
3: I saw LeBron
2: pleading LeBron, his case. LeBron
3: almost lost his mind. He got on his hands and knees. <laughs> he, I don't know if prayed. he was praying. He almost prayed <laughs> for them to change
2: to change their mind about the call.
3: I think he was more perplexed than I've ever seen him. Uh,
2: after a, a bonehead foul, I don't. And it was a foul. It was called a foul. Replays showed that Patrick Beverly may have got all ball, but they called him for a foul and that led to two free throws that tied the game. Lakers still had a shot. LeBron James bulldozes his way to the paint and I mean it's just clear I mean so I wish Chris was here so we could really dive into
3: officiating. Oh yes.
2: The official who was on the baseline um, not under to the right of the basket completely missed the call. Uh Jada, uh Jason Tatum slaps I mean you could hear it on TV. You could hear the slap on on TV over the crowd making all kinds of noise. And as you said, LeBron lost his mind. Patrick Beverly went and took a camera from one of the, the <laughs> cameramen underneath there to show the foul that had taken place. He was teed up for that. The ref was like, "I." I, I <laughs> he didn't even, get the he didn't even off the court. He didn't even waste it. Once he saw the camera, he immediately teed him up. Yeah, <laughs> Lakers would lose by four, <laughs> but uh, I mean, LeBron was besides himself. And I think the reason why this was a big big deal was earlier in the week, maybe mid the week before. A, a very similar call wasn't made, and of course the NBA has these uh, reports that they send out. Oh yeah, they took that, full that blame. They, that says you know we missed a call, which really does nothing. Um, but uh, you know it, it's one of those situations where I've had a I, I looked at I was I was pissed at first as a fan that they didn't get the call. It was a clear foul, uh, but yeah, you can see
3: him hitting it. You
2: you can see it, you could hear it. Jason Tatum, after the game was asked about it, and he played dumb. He basically yeah, of course was like, he did. I don't know. It was a blur what happened. It was a bang, bang and play. Bang, <laughs> it was a blur what happened. And so, uh, you know, I, I have to go back and look at the film. Afterwards, Jason Tatum and LeBron exchanged, uh, I think, Instagram messages. LeBron posted a picture basically telling Jason Tatum, nice block with the kind of the, <laughs> the, the, yes. the rock emojis. Yes, the eyebrow. The eyebrow yeah. emoji. Uh and, uh, you know, that was, it, it, you know, looking, it's one of those things that sucks when it happens to your team. And you you, you might be able to speak to that a little me. bit more. Uh, Devontae
3: Smith dropped a pass yesterday. I mean Again, that's on your team, though. It is. I agreed with it. I agreed with it. But with, with the Lakers, though, like, I love how the referees come out after the fact and say we're wrong. Because it does, I like it because it does hold accountability. But at the same time, it doesn't change anything about the outcome of the game. That's That's life. That's what sports teaches us,
2: right? Is that everything isn't going to be fair? Um, I do appreciate in this case the way the refs act, uh, you know, reacted to that particular call. It wasn't just a report that came out in the NBA. The, ref, the officials on the on their on their actual official Twitter account came out. And the only thing that really would change is if the f- official that missed it came out and was like, you know what, I'm. That one I messed that one up, yeah. and, and, and it's really bothering me. because I think that's ultimately people would have a much easier time with it if they could put a face with it and see, okay, this dude really does care about missing this call because I think the assumption is that referees miss calls and they're just like, oh, oh well, I missed it. On well, to the next Joey one.
3: Bosa thinks that they go back in the locker room and joke <laughs> to each other about the calls about, oh, Joey's I ejected a, that. Game. Joey's
2: had a bad couple of weeks here.
3: Yeah. He let the fan get under his skin oh, yesterday. Man. Oh, if you haven't seen it, just, just type uh, in Joey Bosa on Instagram or Twitter. It's it's a clinic on what not to do as an athlete. We're going to have to talk about this maybe at like 520, but okay. I want to get your opinion on him decked out in 49ers gear as a charger. Very strange, I think. It was Very strange. strange. It
2: definitely was strange. Let's get to break when we come back. The Big Five! Scraby's got a good one. More Gwen and Chris on the way. We'll get your traffic uh, as soon as it pops up. Meantime.
0: Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Ah, yes. The Big Five after my 49ers got eliminated. I think you all know by now that I, I'm in the anger phase, and tomorrow's going to yes. be the acceptance phase, but yesterday was the disbelief phase. The so, denial, right? The, yeah. yeah,
2: the denial now phase. Now you're in stage two, and I got to say, man, we are, what, two and a half hours into the show, and mm-hmm. you're doing all right. Thank you. You're doing all right. I thought, I thought you. I was going to have to console you most of this show, but... Outside of the first couple
3: segments, you've been pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm crying on the inside. Don't worry. Not letting people see well, me I've sweat. Had a, I
4: had a lot of people. I had a lot of people
3: text me and tweet me
4: begging me to try to be nice to you today. So I'm I saw to... that. I saw that. And Chris has, been, Chris
1: has been great so far. So far.
3: All right. Here we go. Number five. Now, the Padres are doing something for the first time in franchise history this season. They are going to be forced to bring (laughs) Sisson. Good old (laughs) Sisson. Season ticket sales to a halt on February 4th and place any potential buyers from that date onwards onto a waiting list. This comes after a record breaking season in which they sold an estimated 19,000 memberships last season. So, Tony, you're going to be up first today. Do you think this makes it easier for Padres ownership to spend? uh in some ways yes um the fact that
2: people are filling up the stadium in record numbers in terms of season ticket uh buys yeah i mean but it's the question is is the chicken or is it the egg right i mean <laughs> uh i think people are coming because of the product that has been put on the field um and in order to maintain that the product not only has to be good on the field, but they have to, you know, continue to ascend the way they are. If this team is a perennial World Series contender. Uh, rest assured, that makes it a whole lot easier for ownership to continue to spend money. Now, um, you know, God forbid this is lightning in a bottle. Mm. Um, that won't last long. So, yes, uh, this certainly helps ownership continue to at least feel good about spending the money. Uh, but ultimately... The longevity of it is going to be determined by what happens on the field and with the roster moving forward.
3: Chris, what do you think? Do you think uh, all the season tickets being sold out makes it easier for Padres ownership to spend?
4: Well, I think a couple things. I think the fact that uh, they're having to cap season ticket holders shows that the people in San Diego are actually are paying attention, right? I mean, this is a great team, and they know it's going to be a great team, so they're out there and buying tickets. I don't know that the two of them are mutually exclusive to each other. I get the feeling that this, you know, Peter Seidler and this ownership group is so committed, so desperate, which, and desperate in a good way, to try and win a World Series championship, that I really think they'd be spending this way even if the tickets weren't as strong as they are. But as Tony said, it is a chicken and egg. You put this kind of a team and a product on the field. This is San Diego. We are one of the great front-running bandwagon towns when it comes to sports of all time. So you give us something to cheer about, we are going to be right there. Where do I sign up? So I think this is proof of that. Last year, hopefully, was only the beginning, and I think a lot of people feel it was. The fact that they added to last year's roster only makes people feel better about everything. So it all ties in together, but I get the feeling that Peter Seidler would be spending, even if there weren't, Full sold out season tickets.
1: That was awesome.
2: That was a great answer. The, the especially the realness about being one of the <laughs> the the ultimate front running cities. Uh it's I, I think Chris is on to something. I think he's
3: he's he's dead on. All right. Number four, Fan Fest on Saturday. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Do you do you realize how many tickets they've sold and how many people are going to this thing on Saturday? tickets they've sold? Where to Fan Fest?
2: Do they sell tickets to Fan Fest? I'm confused now. I, I saw, I've been seeing things on. Oh yeah, on... it's like twenty bucks to get in, but there you can't get
4: a ticket. This is like yeah, this it's is like a premiere to a movie.
2: Listen, this is a, incredible. This is the last time you're going to be able to see the players until they come back in in the end of March. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they got all of these stars coming out for Fan Fest, As so. it should. As they should. Whew, I'm getting excited. I, now that football's over for me. Anyway, I had a debate with Adam Klug before the show. You guys know how much you love the debates with me and Is Adam. this question number four? This is question number four, and I did play it. I did, did play it, and then I went back to the Padres. Four, but then we're official now. Four question number four, <laughs> as Tony would say. Uh, I think we all knew that Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in the league, but I let Joe Burrow make me question that. I don't think he's because of the loss yesterday. He's not good or anything. He's the second best quarterback in the league. But Adam and I did agree that Mahomes is the only quarterback in the league that could elevate a team. If he was placed onto a a losing team, like if Patrick Mahomes was to go to, say, the uh, Texans or the Panthers, I think he would be the only guy who's able to elevate a team, not even Joe Burrow. So, Chris, do you think that if Joe Burrow was placed on any other team, he would elevate them to a contender? Um, I do.
4: I, I think Joe Burrow doesn't. I think he did lose the battle for number one quarterback yesterday. Uh you know I mean I really felt like Joe Burrow had he won the AFC Championship in Kansas City for a second year in a row gone on to win the Super Bowl he was going to be the unquestioned best quarterback in football but he lost that battle yesterday unfortunately and you know I but I don't think that it's like he slips out of sight I mean he's still right, right. there I think you're 100% right on Mahomes I don't think there's a team he could go to that wouldn't all of a sudden be a contender I mean he's Proven it this year with no Tyreek Hill. They took almost all his wide receivers away yesterday. They took all of his ability to run and scramble yesterday, and he still won. So Patrick Mahomes has answered every question. Joe Burrow's answered almost all of them. Um, you know, I, I still think
3: this guy's pretty spectacular. Tony, do you think if Joe Burrow was placed on any other team, he would elevate them to a contender? Uh, maybe not in the way that Patrick Mahomes
2: would, but certainly I agree with Chris. I don't think this. Knocked Joe Burrow down. I think he could only go up from here. I mean, he would have had to come in there yesterday and, like, just stink up the building in order for us to start questioning if he should be in the top two, three, four of the younger quarterbacks that are in the league. But I don't think anything he did yesterday um, moved the needle in terms of him moving down. I mean, he threw two picks. uh, And that ultimately had a lot to do with the Chiefs, you know. Patrick Mahomes didn't have a – he had a fumble, but he didn't have – he didn't turn the ball. He didn't throw the ball to the other team twice. Um, but I, I will say this. Patrick – and this is this is kind of where we get lost, I think. Joe Burrow is really in – that was really his third season. He didn't play his first season because he missed it pretty much due to injury the entire time. So that was really like uh, – that was really like his – third season being in the league, right, and and playing at a, an extremely high level. Technically, excuse me, that's really his second season yeah. in the league because he missed the first season. And so I say that to say he's still building his career and resume. Patrick Mahomes' resume at this point is really unapproachable. I mean, this they've hosted now, what, five straight AFC championship games? Yeah. And he's been to the Super Bowl now three of those five? <sighs> There's just, there, there isn't a lot that you, that he hasn't checked at this point. You thought, okay, they take away his best weapon, how's he going to do? Okay, he, he still did pretty good. You, you keep him in the pocket because he can't really run around. Okay, cool. You take away all, pretty much all but two of his targets as, wide, as weapons, he still found a way to get it done. And I think the grittiness part, was checked off. That box was checked last night in the, his performance that he had. But Joe Burrow, I think is not going anywhere. And, mm-hmm. and just the his comments after being, you know, what well, we got an extra week to prepare for next year in our quest to get to a <laughs> Super Bowl. That's what that's the kind that's why he is who he is. And so, uh he made some he made although he had two understand, he made some unbelievable throws that I don't know maybe only Patrick Mahomes could have made last night. Uh, but I don't think he drops too far off uh, at all.
3: Kind of feels like there's a new rivalry now between the Bengals and the Chiefs. I was
2: thinking about it yesterday. Is this our new Brady-Manning right here? Ooh, because it felt like they were constantly going up against one another during that time. This is what, three, two, two straight years they've gone up against one another yeah. in, in in an AFC championship game?
3: Yeah.
2: It does seem like it has the making of the next
3: Manning-Brady-type rivalry. Type yeah, um, I just want to make it clear though. Adam said that both quarterbacks could elevate. I was the only one who said Joe. The reason I said Joe Burrow can't elevate is because uh, I just don't think that if you put him on the Texans, he can take them to a Super Bowl. Well, I think you could. The, Patrick Mahomes could. And
2: well, that has to do with Patrick Mahomes. And listen, Burrow is is no slouch in, in extending plays, but I think Mahomes is a little bit more superior to that when he's healthy.
3: Yeah. Number three. Sticking with the AFC Championship, Bengals linebacker Joseph Osai made a costly mistake last night at the end of the Bengals game by hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. He got a 15-yard penalty, and it got the Chiefs into field goal range, and Harrison Butker made the kick to send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, but fans were giving Osai a lot of heat for the penalty, and after the game, Osai was met by reporters. The audio picks up with uh, uh, teammate BJ Hill stepping in to talk with reporters, so First voice is teammate BJ Hill, then a reporter, then Joseph Osai.
0: Dumb question. Come on. he been he played his butt off the whole
1: game. that's I, I a different question. Overall, I mean what it looked like guys were coming up to you on the sideline as you went through that. I mean, what was that like having guys come up and then
0: kinda of uh, I said it was great knowing that I had my the support of my teammates nice. and um I just gotta I gotta like Sam was saying, I gotta learn from experience and Um, I got to know not to to get close to that quarterback when he's
3: close to that sideline. If if there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I got to do better. And he went on and on, but uh, this is one of the things I hate about fans of sports: is that this one play is why he's being he's being labeled the uh, the villain of the Bengals right now. But I saw him in on almost he had a every terrific play. he had a ter- literally a terrific game I was other like, than that. I know who he is, but now I really know who he is. So, uh, Tony, you're up first. What can you say about B.J. Hill and how he handled this?
2: Well, well first, you know, you felt for you felt for him um, because clearly he was crying he, he was in tears uh no one wants to be the reason or have a hand in a reason in the reason their team loses a ball game so i felt for him there but uh i think it's important right because there's also a clip going on as they walk into the clubhouse oh, yeah, yeah I did one, bring that one up, of the honestly. linebackers saying uh why did you even, he, he an expletive and then he said <laughs> why didn't you just leave the quarterback alone and yeah. People have been on his head about those comments, and I'll just say when you are in the heat of the moment, and you've worked—I don't know what it is now like—more than 19 weeks, right? Because you had all the training camps and all that stuff before, and it come down, you know, to one, to one play really of uh, in that particular moment. A uh, guy should have the space to, to vent. It wasn't like he attacked him or he was rushing him to fight him. Or he seeked out a reporter. Oh, right. He he was saying. He didn't even know the cameras. I mean, I'm sure he knew the cameras there, but he probably didn't think he was going to pick him up. So I wanted to say that first. You should be allowed to have room to, to vent. In terms of B.J. Hill, that's what it's all about. He 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 He, he clearly heard whatever question was asked.
3: That's a dumb question, and, and
2: and was like you know, get this man a break. He he literally just poured it on in and made a mistake in the end. Let's 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 show some empathy here and give him a little space. And those are the type of teammates uh, that will help the young man be able to process what happened and be able to move forward while taking responsibility for the mistake he made, as you heard him do right there. Uh, without those type of teammates. Uh, I mean, listen, man, you've seen guys go into deep depression Mm -hmm. over things like this. And so I think it's important, while it's okay to be heated and be upset in the moment, I think it's also important that uh, you have the teammates that are there to kind of put your hand on your shoulder and be like, hey, man, it's all right. you got to learn from it. It happens. It's happened to all of us. Now we move forward and get better because of it. But you certainly need teammates like B.J. Hill.
3: Chris, what can you say about B.J. Hill and how he handled that?
4: Well, B.J. Hill's got a lot of class. That's one thing I can say, and he's, he's a great teammate for sure. The thing about the Osai situation that I love is that this is sports just boiled down to its very core. For every Michael Jordan, yeah. there's a Craig Elo. For <laughs> every Bobby Thompson's home run hurt around the world, there's Ralph Branca who gave up the pitch. For every Mookie Wilson who hit the ground ball, there's a Bill Buckner who missed it. For every Patrick Mahomes who made a game winning play, there's a Joseph Asai who picked up the penalty. This is this is sports just at its very core. I love it. Um I, I have empathy for the for the Cincinnati kid. I do, but this is what sports is all about. At the end of the night, there's a winner and there's a loser. Yep. There's no gray area. We don't have to discuss whether one team won or vote on one or the other. It comes down to who made it, who didn't. And this was just a classic moment in sports as far as I'm concerned.
2: That is such an important point that Chris brings up. You have a choice to step into these type of arenas. And there is a responsibility uh, that comes with stepping in these type of arenas. And listen, not everybody's built for it. Not everybody's built... To have, I don't know, millions of people watch them make a a, a game-costing mistake and bounce back from it. That's just the cold, hard facts. Not everybody's built for it. But as Chris said, that's what makes sports, that's why we love it, right? Is because, as he said, there's no gray air. You either win or you lose. Now, in today's day and age, we dissect why you won or lost to the umpteenth degree. But again, that's part of stepping into that arena.
3: Joseph Osai, if you're listening, give me a call. I make mistakes all the time. I'll tell you how to deal with it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is currently averaging 31.7 points per game and is coming off a 50-point game with a 41-point game right before that. His team's in first place right now, and the only two players ahead of him in scoring are Joel Embiid with like 33 points a game and Luka Doncic just over what uh, Giannis is scoring. So, Chris, you're up first. Scoring isn't everything, but is Giannis still the number one player in the NBA?
4: Well, I mean, he probably is, but there's an argument. I mean, that's the thing that's, you know, making the NBA so spectacular right now. I mean, Antetokounmpo is not the defending most valuable player. He's not even two times the defending most valuable player. That's Jokic on Denver. And Doncic certainly has a claim to being the best player of the league. And Embiid certainly has a claim to it. And John Morant has. This is why the NBA is so so spectacular right now. So uh, I don't think you can say that Antetokounmpo is clearly the best player in the NBA. Doesn't mean he's still not an absolutely unbelievable player. I saw some of the highlights last night against uh, New Orleans, Tony. I mean, he picks up the ball. The minute he crosses the center line, takes two steps and dunks it. I I don't know how you get that far in just two steps. He does it, too. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. And and you watch the plays that this guy makes. There's absolutely no defense for them. And then every now and again, he steps out and knocks in a three-pointer just for fun. So uh, this guy is off the charts when it comes to talent. You know, I think a better question that we ought to, you know, delve into someday, and I don't know that there's a great answer for it, is are these players right now, the superstars of today, how much better are they than the superstars of the 1980s and 90s? I mean, is it time? Can can Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird honestly play athletically with these guys that are playing today? I honestly think that's a question that that doesn't have a real easy answer. And you're talking about, you know, the absolute greatest of the great. But these players right now are all right up there.
2: Tony? Yeah, uh, Chris is right again on this. I think there are so many good players. There's enough to have a 1A, a 1B, a 1C. I mean, you bring up Jokic, who uh, is the two-time reigning MVP. I just watched him get cooked. By Embiid the other night, and in a head-to-head matchup, and it came down to the end, and those two were guarding each other, and Embiid gave him the business, had the far better game, um, and but that's 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 the point that I think Chris is making is that you have Giannis put up a, a, a forty and a fifty-point game, you have Lillard drop sixty uh, in a game, you still got the King playing at the age of thirty-eight. Doing all the great things he's doing, Kevin Durant. I mean, there are so many good players. I don't know that Giannis is the best one right now. I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that Joe and Embiid uh, have a have a better argument at this point. But it also could be that we've seen the dominance of Giannis so often now that maybe we're becoming dull to it. Right? Maybe it's 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 a it's numbed us to his greatness, but. That is, the, that is what makes the NBA so good is that there are so many talented superstars. Not stars, superstars in this league right now.
3: Number one. All right, we're running out of time. So uh, did you guys see what the Empire State Building did last night? Did not. Well, they ended up putting the colors on the top of it to... Eagles colors f- following Philadelphia's NFC Championship victory, and all the Giants fans are very angry about this. A mm. uh, photo was posted to the Empire State Building's Twitter account on, uh, last night with the caption, Fly Eagles Fly, mm. saying that the tower lights were in green and white to honor the Eagles' win. This is New York Giants country. They hate the Eagles. A team that beat them in the playoffs just a few weeks ago. Chris or Tony? Is this okay or is it unforgivable? I don't. I I don't
2: see this being okay. It seems a little awkward, but it could be that the folks from San Francisco came out to the East Coast and pissed everybody off. I saw Rocky with a Forty Nine er uniform on, <laughs> and, and it was it was funny. I was, there was a video of of it happening as Forty Nine er fans were cheering around the Rocky. With the forty nine er jersey, and there they zoom in, and it is this Eagles fan in the back. He pulls out his phone calmly, and it was almost like he was recording everything that was going on at that point. I wonder if how the San Francisco, how you, what is it, San Francisco ends, Oh, well, the it? Santa Clarins, the Santa, <laughs> that's right, since yes. so the Santa Clarins' uh, attitude going to the East Coast. How does
3: this put up? Uh, how does this make the Eagles saying, colors it, it, in New
2: York? It made it may have brought Eagles. And giant fans together to rule against the West Coast, mm. San Francisco 49ers.
3: This is unforgivable. I
2: right? saw some pretty, pretty upset right, we're, upset folks we're running in that time. building. We're, sorry, running, out I, I'll, I'll we're get, running out of time. Oh, sorry,
3: I'll leave it there. <laughs> Chris, what do you think?
4: I think it's pretty unforgivable. Thank if you. the Dodgers ever won a World Series and they and they put blue lights on the Coronado Bridge, oh. I, I, I would have to... I would have to question my citizenship. So. <laughs> okay. I think this is pretty unforgivable in New York to to celebrate Philadelphia's win, no matter what the 49er fans may have done to tick them off. I
3: don't think the same. It was clearly an anything. Eagles fan
2: that was was must have got his hands on the board there. Yeah, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, the guy who decides the light color is an Eagles fan. All right, that's it for the Big Five. When we get back, we're going to recap all the big stories of the day. That's all next. I'm Gwyn and Chris.